between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. Amongst your people, we declare your name in the midst of your brethren. Father, we proclaim, we declare your name. We proclaim you, Jesus. Father, we proclaim your light. We declare your light. Father, we proclaim your light. Elohim, we proclaim your light. Thank you, Jesus, for the breath of life. Thank you for your son, which you have sent. Thank you for the provision for salvation out of darkness into your marvelous light. Oh, Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. Father, we thank you. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. this morning thank you for your breath even this morning upon us as a people thank you father for what you are doing in each and every one of us thank you father because this is your work thank you because you've taken ownership you have helped us greatly thank you for taking the responsibility to to take us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Thank you, Father, for your light which is shining brighter and brighter, day by day, night after night. Thank you, Father, for the provision of your life. Thank you for providing a way into your life. Thank you for all that you are doing for each and every one of us. We We acknowledge you. Father, we acknowledge your presence. We acknowledge the presence of your spirit. We acknowledge that it is you that is doing things here, not any man. We thank you, Father, because it is not by power, not by man, but purely by your spirit. Purely by your spirit. Not by eloquence of speech of any man but by the demonstration of your spirit and of power. Thank you, Father, for that which you have wrought in each and every one, drawing us to you day after day. For he says, no one cometh to you except you draw them. We want to say thank you for drawing us. Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for all that you are doing. We can't thank you enough. Thank you for your provision of life, of light, of mercy, of unfailing love. Thank you, Father. We worship you. We come to you again this afternoon. We ask that you would make provision for your grace once again. Today, in the name of Jesus, we will ask for help to move into your grace once again and continually in the name of Jesus. Father, Father, the work which you are supposed to do today, you will do it. You will fulfill it. Father, you will help us to, to align with your spirit that we will not shift out of focus but we will just press in into you into your will into your life into all that you have for us thank you father father by in all meekness and lowliness of heart we align under you this morning to receive of you to hear what your spirit has to say for he says, Eat the house, let him hear what the Spirit says. Give us ear to ear this noon. 
help us to tune into you, to align with you, to agree with you again, to receive blessing. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayer. I come under your spirit this afternoon to receive of you, to align my thoughts with yours. Help this frail body. Help this weak soul. Grace me with your strength. With boldness to speak your word. Help me. Oh, to be held For he sold the karma. Thank you, Father, because you've answered. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I welcome everyone here. No longer morning, now afternoon. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, just take a, a moment to just say hello to thy neighbor. And uh, our neighbors that we haven't seen in a while, just say hello to your neighbor. So you are welcome here this morning. Rather this afternoon, actually. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um, and we welcome everyone that has joined us online as well. Um, amen. And I do apologize for taking our time. Although we started like about 15 minutes late. But I mean, even though it's really late, it's still taking. But I believe the Lord is preparing us. Amen. And, you know, while we are praying, I just felt to continue praying. I wanted to stop, but I couldn't stop. I like, let's just continue praying. And then I feel oh, it's, it's needed too. I mean, uh, it's good to pray. Yes. Amen. Amen. In short, most of the things that happen are actually in prayer. prayer yes, Amen. Um, thank God for the ministry of the word. Um, but the ministry of the word alone without prayer can't really be fruitful. Amen. Amen. Um, and I'm trying to see maybe there's a scriptural background for it to see if maybe there's any way <laughs> maybe word can go without prayer. But I don't, I don't, I, I'm, I'm thinking I can't see any. Amen. Amen. Both the ministry of the word and prayer, they are both important. And I think, to me, I feel, maybe it's me, but I don't know, but I feel that perhaps maybe that, that aspect of prayer is a little bit lacking. When I say lacking, I don't, I don't think we pray enough. Mm. Amen. We pray, but I just, I just, I just, I just, it's just what I'm, I don't know. I mean, maybe it could just be my feeling, but I just, I just feel maybe you know, we just need to pray more. Amen. Amen. And um, a lot that, because I mean, God can't do anything unless someone prays. So everything you see, you see happening, Mahato Venehaha, you see happening today. Honestly, somebody, in short, let me. This, the truth of the matter is, what you see happening today, is not happening because of the prayer we prayed yesterday. That's the truth. What you see happening today is actually the prayer of years that men have prayed, and it's almost as if me. I, 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 I don't. Well, I guess thinking about it, although I'm not saying our prayer is useless, of course we are praying. And as we are praying, you know, God is answering our prayers. Some immediately, some takes time. 
but I feel what most of us are enjoying today is actually the labor of men in, that have prayed. And it's so funny that when they were praying, they didn't even, we may not even see the result of that prayer during that time. Yeah. That's a funny thing. And we would do, as a new generation, just come under a season that we don't, you and I don't know who prayed for it. I mean, I, I've seen, I can't remember, I mean, just a couple, not even just a couple, just different stories about men that prayed. Sometimes mm-hmm. they pray for five years, non-stop. Mm-hmm. And then they see a breakthrough. I think there was a, a man in Brazil, I can't remember, but there was a story of that, a man, he wanted to leave. God kept telling him to stay and just keep praying. Mm-hmm. So he was praying, he was praying, he was praying, nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. Almost like after five years, all of a sudden, the revival mm-hmm. just broke loose. Oh. But most of us, when we are praying, it didn't happen the next day, the two days. <laughs> well, we forget the prayer, just move, just move on to something else. <laughs> Amen. And I was reading Kenneth Gibbs' book about prayer, and then he also, and he also mentioned, he mentioned that point. He says, what you see, answer, it's not a prayer of today, yesterday. It's prayer that has been prayed. Oh. And he was giving examples of maybe he has seen men that prayed, and later things happened. And I think he was he was talking about I can't remember vividly, but there was also what he was talking about during a revival that is to come. But they were praying, or it was, I think he received a visitation. I'm not too sure. I can't remember the story vividly, but he was given a prophecy of something that will happen after the World War. Mm-hmm. But while he was praying for it, like almost, I mean, the war was still going on, mm-hmm. and actually it took about two years mm-hmm. since. They received the word for what the prophesied actually come to pass. Mm-hmm. Was not explaining that what you so most of the time what you see happening today is not actually what in the prayer that was prayed yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's prayer that been prayed over time. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. So I believe as we continue to pray, we are not just praying for ourselves; we are also praying yes. for generations yes. to come. Yes. Amen. 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 So if 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 we are not thinking about ourselves, you know, if we want to think about our children yeah. and children's children, yeah. then we should labor in prayer. Yeah? Because mm-hmm. even though we may not even particular, but we are, we are praying to preserve the generation. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Some people pray for us. Yes, Dr. Mahali, the Easter family. Yeah? For us to be kept. Mm-hmm. So, and this is why most of us should be humble. Yes. So that we don't just, we don't just assume, you know sometimes when we pray, <laughs> we feel I prayed, and God said these two, three things will happen, this, this, and everything happened. Mm-hmm. You see, okay, it has happened now. What do we get? Okay, what, what, what else? What is God saying? Amen. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, though, right? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that at all. I'm just saying that we should just be meek, right? Yes. And we should just be, um, be, be humble and meek concerning the things of God. And if there's anything I've learned, right, it is, it is that the moment anybody starts looking at themselves oh, for things that happen, they've already had it. You are already you are gone. <laughs> As you don't miss road, like seriously miss road. Amen. No, because sometimes it is. It can be deceiving. Or it can, there's, there's that tendency to feel something is happening because of you. Right? And then you begin to look at us. And that thing is terrible. It's bad. You just head down this road. Some, 
Amen. Amen. So it's, it's, it is really God help. And, and I realize that it's actually when we come under meekness, yes. right? And we, we actually submit to God. Mm-hmm. And we, we move ourselves from the Holy Ghost yeah. just yeah. be part of what yeah. God is doing. Right. And you now begin to see truly. Funny enough, that's when you actually see God working yes. in you better. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. That, yes, sir. That inward looking is actually a limitation to yes. God. God can, God can yeah. use you. Mm-hmm. So whatever whatever you, we are displaying, <laughs> uh, <laughs> while we still have that mentality, really, you need to check it. Is this thing yes. God? It could be God. It may not be God. Mm. Just that when it comes to you coming into the yes. where, where God is really fully, God God will resist that soul. So, I mean, and God can God can allow that soul to. Be doing miracles and many things, so. mm. but for that so to approach him, God will resist it. Mm. So I mean, and that's that thing. Every every other thing we are doing can give us a sense mm. of oh, we are serving God and all that, but not knowing that God is resisting us. Mm. Amen. So God is going to continue helping us mm. and give us grace to yield to His Spirit. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Um, this morning, I don't know. I just, I, I just kept seeing different parts, but one thing that was one part, one one door that was evident in my heart is really talking about the light of God. Yeah. And and I think as we began to pray, one of the things God began to show me is just that the way because we've been talking about the eyes, right? We've been talking about the eyesight, and I think on Tuesday. Um, we spent a lot of time. We spent a lot of time um, just talking about that area of sin, and then t- started talking about darkness, right? We talked about what darkness is, and how darkness really affects us. Amen. Mm. How darkness affects the eyes, mm. and then how our eyes need to be single. Mm. I know we've been talking about that area for a while. But I think one of the emphasis really, uh, uh, the emphasis of the spirit really is in just that area. I don't know that like you want to tear eye open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> is, is what I use? Is, is it funny? <laughs> I mean, but it's serious. You know, in the world, the way our eye tear open. You no, know, so when you see somebody that is that is expressing what at a high level, mm-hmm. see that that, that person don't tear eye. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. No, you know when you see somebody really and really what what we see is that we are seeing somebody living a life out, living a light, right? And when we see them living that and living it with strength, not not no not small, not you know they are living it to with strength, and you see they're like ah, so this person I don't don't tear. Right, and that here means that the eye is open. That's only what we meant. Mm-hmm. And we, all we are saying is that the person's eye don't open too much, and what the person is seeing, right, or, or the, the 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 information there really is that that eye has come to a lot of knowledge. Mm-hmm. That's really what we mean when we say don't tear eye, right? So when say, ah, that person don't tear eye, that eye don't open too much. What we are saying is that that person has known, has come to know some things, mm-hmm. and they are using that thing to live well. They are not, they are not, they are not boycotting. They, they are giving themselves, 
And when we see that person express, ah, 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 this person don't, ah, this person don't, this person, I don't open, I don't hear. That tells us that even in the natural sense, we know that knowledge is powerful. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Knowledge is powerful. Because the knowledge, things we know, has the tendency to instruct what our life will look like. So, the, what our life looks like is as a result of the knowledge within our soul. Amen. Now, if if you don't know what it means to steal, you can't steal. Does that make sense? If you don't know what it means to lie, you can't lie. Somebody that is lying for the first time is not is not oblivious of what it means to lie. The person has come into a knowledge that instructs them on how to lie. So imagine a little. So I guess the, the easiest one we see heart on the heart of here. The easiest one we can see is when you see a little a little child growing. You'll be wondering. I mean, let's say the child lie, lied, and you're like, wait, why did you lie? You'll be wondering, okay, so the question now is, I didn't teach you how to lie. Where did you learn how to lie? That will tell you that there's actually an, there's an external, external influence upon so that can teach a soul things. So it's not just what we see alone that teaches. There's also things that instruct us within. So a, a, a child growing up that is lying is spirit. No, the way, the way, the way, I mean, I'm trying to use myself, I'm trying to think about the way things play out. So, for example, maybe they are telling, you know, you somebody, maybe I know I, I, I took, I stole meat from the pot. Okay, I know meat is not that bad because it's not as if my mother used to count the meat. So, but, but it is clear, but you know when meat drastically reduces, like, ah, wait, what happened? This thing should last, ah, but mm, something has happened here, right? Something, <laughs> you know what our mothers are cooking, they know how, how long something should last. Ah, something should last five days, lasting, and especially when you know notice that the stew is still a lot, and the meat in the pot is small, you'll be wondering. The ratio of stew to meat in this pot is off. So it, it means that somebody is eating with that. It's not, it's, it's not, somebody is not eating the stew and eating the meat. <laughs> uh, I mean, they know all those. It's not as if, it's not as if they use calculators. They, well, they just, they know. But I you to you know, when you cook, I notice, okay, this, this stew and meat should last for this long. But when you not, not notice, I mean, we all know it. You know, when you just have stew and then you just begin to take out the meat out. Without eating this, you just you just go in there, just take out the meat, just eat it. Before you know it, you notice that there's a lot of stew remaining, and then there's no meat there. And then you now eventually have to go and cook more meat, and then put. I mean, that's not silly, but you know, it makes sense. It's clear. So maybe when we are children, when we are you know, children, we do not know that our parents used to know all these things. So we assume we assume we can. And that's the, that's the thing about this this world. This world is a foolish. There's a foolish wisdom. And the funny thing is, well, I guess it's the way Satan works. It's like it's, there's a way it instructs and teaches your soul. You're yeah, like this one. It will not tell you that there's a, there's a blind spot. <laughs> so it's 
So maybe the last year, who? Okay, the way it starts is really, you know, there's a meat. You know that meat that made me cook that's so sweet. Mm. That meat is very sweet. She go and eat part of it. Too. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing we keep telling the child, mm. go and eat that meat too. But you will not tell the child that mommy will catch the child. <laughs> that hmm, see, I know your mom. Your mom knows the way, the way of meat and stew in this house. <laughs> but the the, the, the the spirit will not tell the child that. Yeah. So go and go and take, go and take that meat. It's very nice, sweet. Just take it. And as you're about to take it, maybe something just ah, woman. Mommy will not know. Take it. The spirit is lying on. Mm. Mommy will, mommy will know. <laughs> and then, maybe the first time, mommy did not know. And for me, I feel maybe mommy actually knew. Mommy just didn't see anything. Like, yeah. mm, okay. Second time. Third time. <laughs> no, the, heart, it will, the spirit will get the heart confidence in stealing that meat. Yeah. <laughs> mommy is not catching. <laughs> when mommy realizes after a while, things is happening in this house. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, ah, Jide, Tade, Shade, Shegu, that's true. Yeah, come here. Who took the meat in the pot? Mommy, what meat? This is not the same pot. This pot. Yeah. The person that stole the meat all of a sudden fear. Hey, mommy, how mommy has found out to? Then the spirit will come again. Say you are not the one. <laughs> but to us, as if nothing is training the child, well, something is training the child. Tell mommy, you are not the one. Maybe there's not maybe somebody that is like a black sheep in the house that has a tendency to steal me. See, mommy would think it is GD. You know, Jide usually is a very bad guy. Jide yeah. does not listen to does You know, you are a very innocent child. Mm-hmm. Just, just say you're not the one. Nobody will question you again. But that doesn't mean that it's also not instructing Jide. Jide that is very stubborn and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the same spirit that is involved. You know, we create nature in this one, create nature in this one, create nature in that one, be managing all the natures oh. in the house to one go that they will share that. Simple, but how we get that done is just by teaching, by knowledge, by instructing. So we are not actually void of learning. We learn every spirit teach men. In short, the primary teacher of men are spirit, be it of God or of this world. Amen. It is spirits that teach men. There is no. We are not, we are not, uh, what's that word? You know where we are, we are not isolated from, you know, we, 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 I don't, we don't have capacity to think of our own self. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm making sense. That doesn't mean that you don't think about how you are going to go to school, cook food, cook rice and stew and all those things. Right? Those things are knowledges that has already been received. Right? Passed on. Amen. But there's that aspect. But when it comes to thinking, or maybe that's, that's the area 
when it comes to thinking, we are not we are not alone. So that area of thinking, it's almost like before you start thinking, eh, spirit are by the door door of thinking and just waiting for you to begin. That's where to you soon start thinking. And so the moment there's any 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 sign that there's electron of thought passing passing you, you know this I, I, <laughs> You know, there, there must be something that will signal them that a signal, a thought is about to. I say, ah! thought, okay. Then they begin to add things. So, why did mind think is thinking? It's not alone. There are spirit. And I love, you know, you know, one of those, is it? You no, know, I don't know if anybody watched all these uh, comedy skits. And sometimes there's this, I can't remember this guy. That he wanted to do something, and as he was about to do it, he just saw himself on this side and himself again on this side one black, one white, one with horn. Yeah? And one will be telling him, Do it. The other one will say, Ha, ah, don't do it. Oh, but you know, it's not, don't do it. Do it. Yeah? <laughs> and it's true. It's true. It's actually that thing that they are making you for that everybody's laughing. It's true. There is always, there is always that, that there's always activities of, of information, spirit, always trying to influence the soul. There is, they are battling for the will of the soul. Because they know the more will they can take, the more they can get the soul on their side. In short, how how a soul plead allegiance in the spirit is by their will. That's how that's how we. So if you want to plead allegiance to God, it's not by going to church. It has to happen before you go to church. So if a soul has not did not plead allegiance to God, is entering church. That ch- the church is entering will not have effect on that soul. Mm-hmm. And that's why we see a lot you know, of believers in the body that will go into the church. They are the same the way they came. They are the same the way they left. So after they finished church, they went back and they came back the next Sunday. You see the same soul. In short, maybe even worse. Wow. It's true because Satan is working upon yes, the soul. Yes, then if... if if God wants to take the soul, then God will begin to take things for that soul to shift. Things that will happen can be in the church also, of course. So I'm not, I'm, so I'm, I'm not saying that the church does not have any effect on it. So of course, I, I mean, that is the place you go to. That is the place meant for believers. Amen. It is meant for believers where we ought to go to. But there's a whole lot of different souls in there. And there's a lot of love that God is doing upon different souls. Amen. Amen. Depending on the time. When the time, when the time of a soul has fully come, this, the soul will shift allegiance. Mm-hmm. Then when the soul goes to church the rest of the day, there's a, there's a meaning. There is, there is something that is driving the soul. You know, to many souls, church is like social gathering. I'm just going to see my friends. In short, the most important part of the church to that soul is after the service. <laughs> When there's no more word, nothing, okay, it's not less socialized. Ah, Jide, offer! No, you know, 
You know Jide and uh, Shade and uh, and Shego. They are all in this. They, they are all going to church. Well, they are all going to church. Eh? Mommy is telling them maybe they do not steal. Yeah. Mm. Eh? Hi. But they just steal. Amen. But I'm, all I'm saying is that going into the church, right? The heart itself must be set around. Yeah. And we can't negate. But it's not by force. Nobody will force the soul, right? And nobody will chase the soul out of the church, right? Because you never know when God can begin to work and then the heart will shift, right? But I think what I'm just pointing at is that it's not just by the activity of going to church itself, right? Because a heart can be tied to just that activity and there's going to just makes, add, add nothing, makes nothing to the soul. Amen. But those are actual places well, every heart should be. I mean, if you are, well, you can't call yourself a believer and be inside your home and say, I am, thank God, Jesus. It is not by going to church, it is by <laughs> So, do you think God that says it is not, it is good eh, for brethren to dwell together? <laughs> so, I was, I was glad I said, let us go to the house of the Lord. So, you think the scripture, the scripture is foolish for saying so? No. The scripture is not saying it. Because it is for God. Everything inside the Bible is not for God. It is for us. And sometimes when we read it, it's as if it is, it is for God and we are doing God the favor by doing what He said there. <laughs> it's to preserve us, it's to help us. Many people see the Bible as stone. Amen. Hey! Time has gone. No, sorry, guys. Praise the Lord. I'm sorry. I, just, I think I was just enjoying the story. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. But what I'm saying really is that knowledge is very important to the soul. Knowledge is, is, is the way they can get the soul to move, to shift, for things to happen. Amen. And there are th- the, for, for the soul to do, to walk, to make things happen, there has to be an information in the soul. And there are spirits committed for that information to, to be poured into the soul. Amen. Amen. And when information is poured into a soul, it's actually a light. Mm. 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 Amen. Amen. Knowledge is a light. Mm. Praise the Lord. Knowledge is a light that a soul can see. Praise the Lord. So even in the natural, like I was, I think I don't, I didn't finish that. Even in natural world, (laughs) natural things. We know that there are some things you should know. There are some things we should not know. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And that's where that statement of that person don't tear eye came from. Yeah. What they're really saying is that that soul should not have learnt that light. But the, it's almost like violence. You know, that don't tear eye means the soul by violence came into the knowledge and is leaving the knowledge ferociously. Leaving it with it's leaving it with violence. The reason why a heart can make that statement, ah, that's so don't tear is that they can see a level of violence in that soul by the way they are living. So when I come, ah, I love all those slam child. Ah, where did we what instruct us to, to say that to say don't tear eye? Meaning that there are some things that should be shot to men. Tear eye means you actually you actually cut it 
That's actually a sign of violence. And I begin to see violence in the soul. But violence is not necessarily a bad thing. It just depends on where the violence is taking place. Does that make sense? If a soul is living the life of God violently, that's what heaven looks for. What does it mean? It means the soul is panting after God, chasing after God, looking for God, looking for the mercy of God unto eternal life. That's actually what Adam was designed to do. See that there's a, there's a kind of life designed in the beginning. Amen. Hey. Let us open to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Amen. I, please let me not forget this thought. Uh-huh. I, said, I said I would change. I repent. I won't just teach abstractly again. Although it's not abstract. I'm still I'm talking from scripture. Amen. Second Corinthians <clears throat> chapter chapter four <clears throat> verse six. I mean, I, I, you know, let me read from verse 1. So, therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the eating things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world at blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servant for Jesus' sake. For God, who hath commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, where I'm picking this from is that the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Right? In the face of Jesus Christ. So, God who has commanded the light to shine out of darkness at shined in our heart to give the light of the glory so to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ now what I'm trying to I mean I feel now that now I'm actually starting to talk <laughs> I think maybe next time I'll just go straight into the scripture <laughs> amen yeah, and I apologize I, I don't know whether, how long I'll be apologizing amen and I actually wanted to finish early because we've spent a lot of time you know, in praying. Amen. And also in worship. So, now what I'm saying is that there's a... The thought... What was that at the end? I stopped at the... Uh, the knowledge, right? That was... Oh, I stopped at the, the way a soul should live. Amen. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to connect knowledge and light together. 
right? Because they are talking about a kind of light that God has has called to has commanded to shine, right? Out of darkness. For what purpose? To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Meaning that what light gives is knowledge. Amen. So when a knowledge is actually coming into a soul, actually that is actually a light shining upon a soul. Ideas, thoughts, eh? where they come from is from spirits. When what what happens when a light, when an idea, knowledge begins to come upon a soul, is that the soul begins to come into a into the operation of a kind of light. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please hold that thought to. I'm sorry I'm scattered. I think it's, I guess it's where I'm coming from. But I want to switch back now to what I was saying earlier because I, so that I don't lose you guys. Mm-hmm. I was talking about the way a soul should be violently. No, should be, should, there's a way we should live yes. the life of God. Mm. We should live it yes, violently. violently. It should be a violent life. Mahato Venehasta. Why am I saying so? It is because you can't enter the kingdom without violence. Yes. Yes, so, since the time of John, the kingdom suffered violence and the violent take it by force. What they are talking about there eh, is about a soul yes. taking the kingdom. And what that means really is actually a soul entering the kingdom. So if a soul must take the kingdom, actually must, it means it actually wants to enter the kingdom. So that's what actually that scripture is talking about. Not necessarily the way, you know the way we take that, the kingdom of and try to take by force. Is that it's by force we get everything we want to get. Now, there are some, there are some, there's some place that that scripture is true and it applies true. I know there's a time we used to, and I can remember very well, the kingdom of survival, we use it in prayer. That when we are petitioning God, we have to pray and pray. And we have to pray violently. We have to pray for us to get results. Now, really, it, it is true. When I say violently, we pray violent to get results, meaning we pray through. So that is actually valid there. Now, this, the problem now is that we begin to take this scripture and then apply it to areas that don't apply. Now, the value taken by force is you keep, you keep do that the way art begin to use the scripture to pray for lost. And then maybe now house they want, and then they've been praying for hours, and then they say, "Cannot suffer about taken by force." Yes, let's pray. They keep praying. Lord, yeah, please, Nico. That's that's not what that's not what the scripture is for. Amen. So, I mean, in milk, we use that, right, that we should pray. And it, what that thing did is to instill a, a, a fervent prayer attitude in our heart. Amen. Amen. So, I'm not, I'm not disputing the use of that scripture, right? But I'm saying now, when us now begin to take it and then begin to use it for lust, they are beginning to misread. 
Amen. Now, but this scripture is actually talking about now what it says is since the time of John, the kingdom survived violent and violent taken by force. Now, why did they even say that in the first place? So we need it. Okay, let's go there. And I know it's, it's, it's talking about, there's something they are talking about, and actually relating to the entrance into the kingdom. Amen. Amen. So let's go to the book of hmm. Matthew. Matthew 11, what? Sorry. 12. Matthew 11, 12. Hmm. So I read from. I read from verse 8. Mm-hmm. But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment. Behold, they that wear soft cloth, soft clothing are in king's houses. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face. Which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there art not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So they are talking about the. So the reason why they. Okay, the next one is let me read it so that from verse 12 and from the days of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and, and the violent take it by force. Now, what they are using here is that they are using John as a marker. Amen. Amen. Now, what they are doing is they are calibrating the journey of a believer. John is used as the calibration here, right? They are saying to us before them that of any man, of any born of woman, none is greater than John. You see? That means that if in literature, what we are going to put is this. Take John, exalt John above every other man. And every other man is below. It means that if you are not up to John, now when I'm talking about John, they're talking about what John carries. John, John has a also John carry things also as a nature. Now, of all men, none is greater than John. Now, in a sense, not in a sense, if this makes sense, they are literally equating John to Adam. None is born. Adam is not born of a woman. Adam and Eve, every offspring after that, is born of a woman. So they're not saying that of all born of a woman, none is greater than John. They're not talking about, I mean, what's a greater? What, are you, are you saying that none is more handsome? None is more rich? Now, I mean, you can say none of that apply because right, this guy lived in the wilderness. What he was eating was purely honey and what? No cost or honey. That's, imagine that kind of guy. Eh? All he's eating, you, when you look at him, you think he's poor. All he eats is locust and honey. I'm pretty sure that food is food for the poor. Because, because, because kings don't eat locust and honey. 
Amen. And even though you, if you check where we are starting reading from, I did, uh, because of time, I didn't want to go into all the details. Earlier, they are talking about what he was wearing. See, if you are looking for people that are, are looking nice, go to his king's palace. That's where you find. That's where you find those kind of. Oh, let, me, let me actually read it. In verse uh, four, so just answered and said unto them, "Go and show John again those things which ye do here and see. The blind receive their sight." And the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who whosoever shall not be offended in me. And they departed. Jesus began to say unto the multitude concerning John, What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaking with the wind? But what but what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothings are in kings' houses. So what kind of man are you, going, are you looking for? Yeah? Are you looking for one guy like his clothing? You know, you know I, 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 I many of us have seen uh, blood sisters? No, no, like, ah, don't worry. It's a new African series. And when, in, that, in that series, they p- depicted a rich, a rich family. Their cloth is real. When you look at the cloth, when you look at the garment, some cloth is a garment. Let me use what the scripture used. It's a raiment. When you see the raiment they are wearing, you know that this is a king. Eh? And that, those are, that's what they call soft clothing. Soft. It's soft. Eh? Amen. But John's own cloth is not soft. It is harsh. It depicts his kind of life. He's a wilderness guy. You know what he was wearing? Animal skin. Mm-hmm. He, was not, he was not wearing clothes. So that kind of coat is hard cloth. It's not soft. <laughs> so what do you go into the wilderness to see? I mean, first of all, you think about it. Did you even, see, Jesus funny. The way Jesus talks sometimes is very interesting. He said... What what when you are when you were going to the wilderness? Please, can you tell me what you are expecting to go and see there? <laughs> well, are you expecting to see one fine guy with posh clothes, you know, looking awesome? I mean, if that's what you are looking for, they are in your palace. <laughs> what do you? It means that there's a kind of life you see in the wilderness. Yeah. It's strange. If the if the life you want to see, mm-hmm. eh? Is, is, is not because Jesus was looking at them. What they are looking for is a soft life. They're not looking for hard life, hardcore. See, what are you looking for in the wilderness? See that wilderness place? Eh? It is not for the faint at heart. It is for them that have lost everything. Because imagine John as, as father mother, he left everybody, left city, moved into the wilderness. In short, he himself, he has, a, he has, he has, he has the, the property of he who can be a king. How? Melchizedek, the king of the uh, priest of the Most High, without father, without mother, without descent. Eh? They're talking about Melchizedek, right? Without descent, priest of the Most High. No, there's a there's a way they call them say first king of righteousness, king of peace. Right? 
those things they are talking about is actually they are calibrating Christ. Right? There's a king. There's a, you, can, you, can, you, can, you, you can have righteousness, but you may not be a king of righteousness. Then, when you become king of righteousness, you can become a king of peace. Amen. He's talking about natures and the soul. Right? For you to get there, they're talking about certain things a soul will lose. Without father, without mother, without decent. Mm-hmm. Having no beginning of days or end. Mm-hmm. Now imagine, John, he, even though he's not yet a king of peace or righteousness, but he has tendency to be one. He has, he has the capacity to be one. Because where you become kings of all those things is in the kingdom. The only in the kingdom you can become a king. Now, what you call king is actually a reality in the spirit. So what you see in the earth, you know there are kings on earth. Yeah. There are also kings in the spirit. Like really, literally, there are kings. So what, what we see in the natural Right, it's actually it, it, it is, 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 a, is a spiritual copy. You know that first of all, what God called king is not what men call kings, but they are similar in in their expression. The way they express is what is similar there, but the way things are carried out, or the information that makes a man a king is what it's twisted. I'm not saying earthly kings are twisted. I'm just saying that, see that system, the Satan that brought it. You notice that God didn't give Israel kings. Initially, all they had were priests. Right? When, when Israel now said to um, Samuel, Samuel, right? I heard Samuel now. Please give us a king. Ah! He felt rejected. He went to God. God said, no, 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 don't cry. Don't worry. It is not you they rejected. It is me they have rejected. Well, because there's a way God's system is. It means that God, now, God placed a priest over a king. Even though a king is over the people. Do you know that a priest is actually higher than a king? Well, it is a priest that actually installs a king. So a king, even though he's ruling over people, do you know, a king is actually not ruling over the priest. That's, that's the reality of things. Even though when Israel asked for a king, the king is, does not have... Now, because the original installation institution of God for the people is a priest. There's no way God will exalt things of men above the things of God. Okay, no problem. I'll give you... See, it is the heart of the people that requested it. Can you tell me, please, where did they get the idea from? <laughs> or did, you, did they just woke up one morning? Ah! Revelation, we need a king. <laughs> the spirit eh, that is at work in that area <laughs> used what is already around them, the information around them, to begin to pull desires of their heart. Me, I, I've not thought about it, but I'm still trying to get it, figure it. Why would they refuse a priest 
and ask for a king. Is what they want to look like? Maybe they want to look like other nations. Technically, that is them literally pulling out of God. You know the way God, Israel is actually is separate from Gentile. So when God called Israel, God, what God was actually doing was, was actually making a separation. So there are all kinds of men on earth. Out of all of them, ah, who can I, let me look for? So let me look for who can can be. I can call my people. He found Abraham. Then came Isaac. Then Jacob, right? Then Israel. Then Israel was separate from the nations. So it means out of all the nations, out of everybody in the earth, which has problem. There's problem everywhere. God looked for the best of the best that he could get. He then separated them from the nations. Why did he do that? It's because of the way men were living. The life there was the problem. The light that men were using to live was a problem. So, before, before God could do anything to them, he first needed to separate them. You now realize that what God, if God wants to change a person, what God will change really is not first the light that they were using to live. What God will do first is call them out, separate them. Now I'm using the word separation, but separation doesn't actually begin until you actually get into the into the kingdom. The kingdom is a a further separation of people. But that's what the, the scripture actually refers to as separate. Amen. But I'm using the word because that's the only way I can explain it. Right? In the sense that God separated Israel. And what we can liken to that is you getting born again. Is you being separate from Gentiles. So you're now, you're, there are, so when God is calibrating people, you have Gentiles, then you have the people. Amen. Amen. So you have Gentiles. So the way God is seeing is you have Gentiles, you have the people. Those two categories of men, they have the same light. There's no difference. Why? They think the same. They work the same. Their value is the same. Nothing has changed. The only difference is that God has separated some people and given them a sense of another destination, another light. See, everybody else, they are without hope, without God. That's the, the state of a Gentile is without hope, without God in this world. It's poor that, I don't know, ah, this scripture used to calibrate me sometimes. I think it is. it's not harsh. It's just reality of things. Yeah. Without hope, without God, literally every, every Gentile is without hope. Yeah. What Satan used to fill that void? Because a soul needs a hope. Fill that void is give, give men all kinds of merchandise. Yeah. Create all, see, that, that's where in the industrialization came in. I'm not, I'm not saying industrialization is bad, though, please. When I say industrialization, I'm not talking about the one that came, that started the uh, skyscrapers. Before you and I, industrialization started in Genesis. Genesis. That's where industrialization started. It's not man. Uh, just because you're using cars. Mm-hmm. Go and check men there. Mm-hmm. See, Nimrod. Nimrod. 
Ah, the name said there is Rod. Eh? He was beating men to shivers. <laughs> out of God, though, not his like he was he was he was hunting men out of the face of God. Nimrod is is a him with a rod. <laughs> yeah, he has Nimrod has what it takes, right? To to call men. To be a, is, is, Nimrod is what began to create the Gentilic nation. What do you call a Gentile today? Nimrod started it. Now he began to hunt men from the face of God. He was a great hunter before the face of God. That's what scripture said. And that thing, they're not just saying that in God's eye he was a great hunter. No. What they call face of God then is a life. Face of God is what? Life. And inside that life is a light shining. Right? To give life, you need to shine a light. Which will be the knowledge of the glory. Does that make sense? So that's what Satan. <laughs> Satan. Nimrod partnered with Satan. They began to hunt men from the face of God. They began to create a Gentilic nation. He wrestled. He wrestled with men, eh? win them from the face of God, and then began to give them another life. Then he began to build cities. If you're talking about commercialization, think about building of cities. That idea, a great idea. Then he didn't need a city. And do you know what that means? Do you know what a city really means? A city is a, is a division. Does that make sense? And look, look at it from the perspective, perspective of where things are when they were bare. It means that, or let me put it this way, when they build a city, they have to raise up walls to build a city. What that simply means is that they are marking their own territory. And men will come and invade them, they set up that wall to divide them from others. Both to protect their territory and also to divide their territory. So when you look at the way cities are built, then I don't know if you have seen Troy. Yeah. Mm. And these movies, nobody has seen this. <laughs> so at least nobody has seen Troy here. Hey, it's a story of a, of a nation city. I don't know how true it is, Seth, but it's a story of a nation city, according to the stories. Is it Yes, yes. I don't. I forgot what that thing is called. Trojan, Trojan horse. <laughs> it's a Trojan horse, and some people in coding, they now they start, they started using itself. Yeah? And they, they, the way that they they are mimicking the way it works. The Trojan horse is a virus. So a Trojan horse, the way it works, it, 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 it's like a, it, it's pretended as a gift. Yeah. That it seems harmless. Yeah. There's no problem. You, you would have taken it in yeah. before you know it's a problem. Yeah. So by the time you take it in, they, begin, they enter the scene and begin to infiltrate and de- remove the defense of the system. Break down the system, you know, affect. And that's how it works. And that's how they, in Troy, that's how they took Troy. Troy was a big, it's, it's, it was difficult to take Troy. Mm. 
but because of their wolves and their warriors. Yeah. Everybody has tried. Most people don't even attempt it. Mm. But one, one king, I think it was a Persian king. I can't remember. I know those Persian, I don't, they always have ambition, like, like Babylon. <laughs> and, and, and they have that world domination, but I don't know why. All those special kings, I don't know what's wrong with all of them. It's a spirit. It's a spirit, of course. Amen. So that, that war, that city, is a, it, means, it means division. Separation. So when God is also talking about a city, the city of God, a new Jerusalem, he's actually talking about a kingdom. His city is separate. God is dividing, dividing his people. Now, what is he dividing? He's not, he's not, God has nobody to compete with. They will come and... If, no. He's separating himself from darkness. So the city of God is a division from darkness. So outside the city, right, there is there's tendency for the corruption of God's life. Does that make sense? But within that city, forget it. You can see that. Before you even get there, they don't try you where, where. Want to come into the city of God? Okay, good. Yeah, come here. All right, let's check you. All right, okay, no problem. Okay, you are, you are safe to some degree. You can enter. It's like, oh, you are good. They have to scan you. If, if, if you hate me, you are not entering. <laughs> when you are about to enter the city, you scan. You know, as you're, like you are going to the, you are in the airport, you are about to enter. And they scan. If there is any metal, me. Please, can you take it out? And the same thing, they will take you, go out. Can you please take that in, then you can come, come back in. So a city is almost, and all these things, is actually Satan that begins to teach men. So Nimrod began, began to divide men. He's a divider, he's a, he's a bad guy. Created cities. Why do you have many cities with walls? What do you think? Well, no nation will begin to fight and them. Let me take your territory. And why won't he do that? Because he himself has a mindset of taking territories. He loves to conquer and to conquer. So, of course, if you're like that, you know, you know, evil, evil people, they don't, they come with the best defense system. Because they know they are evil. They know how they think. So, they, they, before anybody is doing things to them, they will be thinking of evil because they themselves, they are evil. And this thing is scary, actually, really. Because that's how all men are. Most of the time, we use ourselves to relate with others. Oh, but it ought not to be so. It's, it's, a, it's a strange it's nature. Strange nature. Ah. Hmm. If somebody did this to me, this is how I will react. I will slap them. Okay. Hey. Maybe the person will slap me. Okay, let me do something so that they won't slap me. Hey. But you don't know whether the person is going to slap you. Oh, but you don't know whether the person is meek. Mm. You don't know whether the person is has a different life, has a different knowledge, information. But we are always suspic- suspicious is of the devil. It's not of yes. God. And we, sometimes we spiritualize suspicion. We call it deceiving. But the, and, and you can know that thing is not only ghost. Well, just said the, if the, the way you can know is when you judge it with the eye, with knowledge of the soul. When you involve that, you, you, you have sight of what the soul can do. Then you begin to check. 
And when you check that, then you know where things are flowing from. And when you work this out, you know that this thing is a suspicion. Suspicion. It's not only ghosts. It's it's only this thing that's suspicion. And you can be so married with suspicion that it feels the same way, the same way Holy Ghost speaks. Satan can mimic voice and then begin to give you suspicion. It's only spirit that make men suspect. Yes. Suspect your neighbor. Suspect your neighbor. It's not in God's nature to suspect. Yes, sir. It's a foreign nature. Yes, sir. To God. It is evil spirit that taught men how to suspect others. Yes. May act because of time. Time has gone. Hey, God. It's like I used to forget myself and just talk about these stories. But I, I, I hope I hope this story is actually helping to get yes, the reason for this story is to help us understand. Yes, Amen. But it's not a story. It's Holy Spirit speaking to us. Amen. Amen. So, the, 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 the idea of Nimrod was to win men, make, create a Gentile nation, remove men from God. Amen. And then, out of all these Gentiles that Nimrod, because as we winning men from God, God needed to separate a kind of people. Then God had to separate Israel out of the whole nation. But God has not yet changed the knowledge or the light which they use to live. Because the light of men is actually a knowledge. The light of men is what men know. Does that make sense? Light of men, automivispa, eh, is really the light of the body. Wow. What scripture that Matthew 6 was saying, right? The light of the body. What was that? Let's quote. I don't want to misquote it. Matthew 6. Is the light of verse uh, 22? Said the light of the body is the eye. Now this this is turning me to to another sphere. So the light the light of the body is the eye. It means that the way light gets into the body, the only way light flows into the body is through the eye. How they see. But there's the light of the body, right? So the light of the body is the eye because it's through the eye light gets into the body. But then they now began to qualify the kind of light that can enter the body. It says, if the if the eye be seen with the whole body will be full of light. So if the eye be seen with the whole body will be full of light, means if the eye is okay, then the whole body will be full of a light. So the body will be full of a la- of light. Because in God's eyes, there's only one, there's, there's just light, there's no darkness. So, but if the eye be evil, the whole body will be full of darkness. So, darkness itself is another light. I think we're good. Okay. So, the darkness itself is another light because the eye of the bo- the eye is the light of the body. So, the light of the body is the eye. 
Amen. So, light that is inside men gets through into them through the eye. But there is a light that is in the body. So that light inside the body is what you call light of men. Because it is what men use to live. Amen. It's light. So when God is separating men, he doesn't separate it doesn't, God doesn't change light first. What he changes, or what he, first, what he will do first is to separate them, cut them out. But a Gentile and the people, they are still under the same light. So which means that even though some have been called to be a people of God, but there's still a lot of problems. You know, the reason why God took Israel into the wilderness is to deal with their problems. So God, God called them. He didn't just ah my people will promise land. He called them. There were problems in them. Then he took them through the wilderness. The purpose of the wilderness is to remove things from them. What they are married to, take it off them. In short, the wilderness is their trial. Amen. So the wilderness is their trial where they had to go through things. So they left Egypt, but they didn't immediately move into the wilderness. They left Egypt, then they, they were walking, then they had to now cross the Red Sea. Right? They moved into the wilderness where their training began. That's, when they be, that's, that's where Christ came. Because that's what they were testing, and then they found the rock. Ah, yeah, that, and that Paul was telling that that rock is Christ. And funny enough, I don't understand that one itself. The rock was following them. <laughs> the rock was following them. That one is strange, man. That's strange, man. I mean, I can't even comprehend that. Eh? The rock was following them. That's Christ. Amen. So. I think I'm just calibrating the journey of a believer here, right? So, God will have to call them out. But the light that men are using is still the same. So, meaning, the knowledge that they had in Egypt was what they were still using in the wilderness. Now, in Egypt, they were... No, Egypt is full of gods. In short, they themselves, they've even forgotten about God. The only thing reminding them of God was the oppression. And the reason is because they wanted to be free. The moment Israel is free from Egypt, they are back to their ways. So, I don't see natures of believers here. So the moment, the moment, the moment we get what we are from God, we are back to what we are doing. All of us used to blame Israel. Let's not blame them. Israel is showing us who we are. There's Israel there. What they did then is still happening today. It's just not the way it happened in Egypt. You know, see that Egypt-Israel arrangement is still in source today. Just that the way it is manifesting is different. Yeah. So, so for us, all that our Egypt is certain things we like that we can't go. And God is telling you, leave this thing. Leave this thing. It's Egypt. But we just love Egypt. Egypt. And the thing is, Egypt is sweet. If not for the problem, if not for the oppression there. 
And now you know you see this check before the oppression came. They were living like kings. <laughs> Egypt was Goshen. You know? It was Goshen. Yeah? Until it became the land of, of terror, of oppression. <laughs> then all of a sudden, they remembered God. And then when God, when God saw that, okay, it is time. Okay, let's, let's save these people. I think it is time. And to be honest, it's not, be, it's not even because of these people. It's because of God's mercy. It's because of his word. See those people there in Egypt? Even not because God has sworn to their fathers. God, and it's also, you know God is all-knowing. God needed to bind himself to a word. So you have to, okay, let's talk because I know what, see your children, they are going to do some evil things. If I don't give you this word, I might forget them in Egypt. Okay, let's give the word to the fathers. Then when they were in Egypt, they were enjoying Goshen and all these things up until oppression came. Perhaps it is God's mercy that brought forth oppression. Just remember me small. Maybe that little remembrance is enough to get me going. So sometimes when we face hardship, when we are not serious with God, maybe it's God trying to point us, remember me, remember me. And some souls still won't remember God. They still do use the astrology and never make decisions, all kinds of things. Ah. And here's the truth. You know, there's an argument that always comes. What about those people that did all this bad thing and nothing bad happened to them? They are not, it's because they are not telling you. For everything that happened, there's a consequence. That's the reality of, that's the reality of things. Yes, sir. It is God that brought about ah, that area self. There's a way I should, I should came around that in the sense that what I'm going to say is that that area of God saving us from consequence of sin, right? That area. No, there's no okay. God has saved us from sin, no, from the uh, that thing self. For me, I believe it applies when you get born again. But that doesn't mean it applies after that. Because if you are born again, there are things, there are dead statues you need to begin to work with. Yes, sir. If you miss it, you will still you will go and do things that will have consequence again. Yeah. It's like a believer. Okay, so simple. It's like a believer that get born again. Okay, you know that you should not uh, steal. When you go and steal, and then you not go to jail. But there's some people that are stolen and then go to jail. Well. You don't know what else happened to them in their person. So you can't, you can't say that nothing happened to them. The only way you will know is if you sit down and have a conversation with them and they tell you. And I, I love this. this guy that used to say this thing. See, there's always consequences. Uh, Kinsley Okoku, Pastor Kinsley. And the way, the way he said it was what I love. He said, everybody thinks that when God is saying you should not do something, Bible is, you think it's because of him. No, it's, it's for you. Because every single thing is telling you not to do. It's because there's a consequence to that thing if you do it. And he said that because he's also a counselor. He said, see many people. So because now he said, but this person did this, this that, and they are uh, not able to do that. He said, they, when they are counseling, then they talk. Right? So they know many things. So it's because they are not telling you what happened to them. So you can't say that yes, there's sir. no consequence. Yeah. It's a consequence. You just don't know. Yes. Right? So it's almost like this. When we go outside God's or something inside is spoiled. Yeah. There's there's something inside the soul that 
is, that becomes that is wrong, God will forgive you, but something will be tampered with. Most importantly, a knowledge will be tampered, and because the knowledge is tampered with, the, the way the soul functions will be different. Because knowledge has impact on the soul. It, it definitely, for example, I don't know why. I don't know why. But let me just. Let me just. I'll just use. However, it comes, I'll just use. There's an example I'm trying to give that I'm not being, that I've been refusing to give. But let's see. Let me go to bring it again. Amen. There is always a consequence to things. When we yield to when we yield to sin, right? The and God forgives us, right? The effect may be we may be blind to the effect right in the moment. And God will forgive us our sins, for sure. But the knowledge that has dropped into the soul is now a trouble. It's like don't eat the forbidden fruit. And Adam ate the fruit. The moment he ate it, he can't deny the knowledge that dropped inside by eating that fruit. He can't. Yeah. He's dead. He, can, he, now, he now has to struggle to resist. You know, Adam will not use it, but Cain, Cain will not get strength. Just, ah, how about that? Start killing people. <laughs> yeah, Cain, Cain just open himself. Just, but imagine what Adam will have to do to resist the knowledge. It's a problem. But if that was not there before he ate the fruit, it's the same way when, let me put it this way, when, uh, let's say, uh, what's it called? A young guy or a young girl eh, started sleeping when they are not yet married. You know what happened is, okay, God has forgiven, but there's going to be a problem. How? What is going to happen? Now the soul will have to wrestle with the pool. Of that taste, that fruit, that forbidden, don't taste the fruit. You have to wrestle and wrestle, and you have to keep wrestling. Why? Because that thing is already a knowledge in the soul yeah. that the soul has eaten. Then to, no, I must not do this thing again. Then the soul will have to wrestle and wrestle. But if that was not there before, you didn't have to wrestle. Yeah. Or let's even if you have to wrestle, it's not be, it won't be as bad. So there's a lot more force that, and that's what ha- usually happens within the soul. Yes. So when things happen, or let's say God says you should not slap your brother, I mean, ah! we'll slap. I don't know why I used to use the example of slap. Why do you like slap? I don't, I don't like slap. <laughs> and then you, knows? There's a sweetness of that slap that does not go. Mm-hmm. So that when things happen again, you are ready to slap before you, ah! mm-hmm. Let me hang that hand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, although it's not as if I slap people, but I'm just imagining it, right? I, I can, as soon as I can sense the sweetness in slapping. Wah! Maybe it's because I've I don't slap. That's maybe that's why I feel the sweetness. Sometimes you Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So that is, you have to resist. You have to resist that sweetness. Ah! Ah! Amen. Amen. So what I'm saying really is that once a knowledge is in the soul, it becomes if it is not the knowledge of God, the only the right knowledge that's supposed to be in the soul is the knowledge of God. When that knowledge is not there, then it becomes a problem. 
Everything else inside the soul is a problem. Amen. So knowledge is very, very es- knowledge. The soul can rest. That's what. That's yeah, that's the food, food for the soul. Jesus. What what the soul feasts on is knowledge. That is why the faculty of thinking is is knowledge based. Is what you are thinking. What you think is not. What you think is knowledge. Things to know. Abby, what do we think is? It's things we know. And the, the only the only the only the only the only the difference one with well it's still about knowledge, but it's just that things we don't know that we think of are things that ought to be brought by spirit. So the way the soul the sees is what is I already know, it will think on it. When a spirit brings a knowledge that is not it does not know, it will take it too. Because it's something it can relate with knowledge, okay. Add it to what is already there. So when a soul sees knowledge, it ah let me eat it. But ah, that's the food for the soul. Amen. And what the soul eats is what it becomes. Amen. Okay, I cannot spend too much time, but I feel. Huh. Amen. Amen. Amen, there's it. And funny enough, the scripture we read, I was still, I'm still going to go back there, and there's another scripture we need to read. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Ah. Let's see how much I can do in 10 minutes. I'll just, I'll just be... And the funny thing is that things like this, when they come like this, it's it, when, it goes, when it goes now, I don't know if that's how it will come next time, but we'll see. We see, amen. amen. But light, light, and knowledge, right? They are they, there's there's a flow between knowledge and light, right? So the light, the light of men is what they know. I guess that's what I'm, that's something what I'm explaining really. So the the light of men is what they know. So in Genesis, sorry, in John one, right? And I, and I think when we were praying, Holy Ghost even brought that scripture to me, and I was like, mm, let me let me it. But just in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's John chapter one verse one. Verse two said the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was was not anything made that was. Made. In Him was life, and, and they said, and the life was the light of men. Does that make sense? And the life was the light. Of men, right? Means that there's what we call the. Ah, I'm resisting talking about this. Why am I even resisting? Save his Bible. I guess it's time that is making me. So he said, he said, he that follow me. Just talking about followership. They shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Shall have the light of life. So you shall have the there's a it's, what you call what you are talking about life. You have to talk about light. Because light determines life. Right? So when he says you shall not walk in darkness, what Jesus is saying is that you shall not walk in the light of darkness. Because the light of darkness is also a knowledge that makes men walk in a certain way. 
Because the purpose of light is to create work, to generate movement in legs. Why? Because the light says, okay, give me no rush. Hi. Amen. You see, the scripture want to talk about don't notice that light, light is essential to your path, how you yes, journey. He said, because in Psalm, the book of Psalm says the, the word, the entrance of thy word giveth light. The entrance of thy word giveth light. And the word to give understanding to the simple. Maybe we should read that scripture. Eh? Let's read it. Mm. Ha! In ten minutes. Sometimes I feel I feel one hour is not enough. But sometimes I try to I try to scramble everything in one hour. Amen. So there is because I think what we are seeing here is I'm, I'm seeing a progression of attacking there because they want to really extend that light area, right? And how it it's relates to our work and our journey. Right? So because light has to do with knowledge, right? And I know before we talk about that darkness area, we talked about, and, and I think on Tuesday we talked about that darkness, explaining the light of darkness, right? What it is. But here, what we are trying to show is the light of God. Right? Now it says the light, the entrance. Okay, what is that? Please, who can let me read it? That's that's some um, one one nine yes. Mm-hmm. The entrance of your words Give it. gives light. Mm-hmm. Gives understanding to the simple. Gives understanding to the simple. So the entrance of that word giveth light. So that one is talking about how God gives His light. Amen. How God gives the way God gives His light, even though in His spirit is actually a light. Like literally a light, but the way it comes to you is not that light because you don't see it. It's only the soul that can relate with that light, and the soul needs a medium to interface with that light. And what the soul, what God uses eh, to interface the soul with His own light is the Word, because that's the only safe way for a soul to receive God's light. God could have chosen to show his light by a tree. What you think is a lie? God could choose to show his light by water. Does that make sense? But you know that there's a, there's a problem with that area. What's the issue? Satan has been everything in that place. People worship tree. People worship water. People worship mountain. People worship what does and cow, goat, fish, elephant. What else? What else? They worship right. In short, they worship. They worship. They worship all the animals on earth. They worship. They worship snake. They worship air. They worship sand. They what? There's anything you can talk. There's nothing no matter. Think of it. Just anything. Tree, man is worshiping it. There's nothing you can think of that man is not yet worshipping. It might be strange here. Just go somewhere. Especially go to the Asian area. Ah! 
how I know that that place is gone to idols? I, w- I was watching some of their series. Even there's, 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 a, there's a series called Eternal, Eternal Love. Eternal, Eternal Love, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Indeed, Eternal Lust. They, are, they have their own version of Eternal Life. Very funny. Uh, and they have, they have a concept of heaven and earth. And the, those eternal beings, they live in the heavens. And their own time is not the same as the earthly time. And all of, the, all of those beings in there, they are either one animal or one tree. Tree spirit. There's nothing that... Evil stone has spirit. Square spirit. Fox spirit. Uh, tree spirit. Water spirit. Uh, head spirit. Mountain spirit. There's nothing that has spirit. And what that means is that they worship them. Because when they come to the earth, then you see the people worshipping them. And I know that that, that area, man, see that place is ravaged by idols. That place is the idol, that place. If they tell me they worship human hair, I won't be surprised. <laughs> what the, I was just looking for anything strange that nobody would think of. If they tell me they worship phone, I will believe. Because that place, there's nothing that they can... And the Satan that did them that evil. And it's not as if Africa is free too. We worship all kinds of things. It is this western area that was delivered from all those worship. But it's not even... Now, as they were delivered from all those worship, they put some, Satan put something else there. You know it's the western world that not brought Christianity, although British, all those things... Actually, it's not the Western world that brought Christianity. It's actually the British that brought Christianity to Africa, right? It is actually the Western world that brought that now brought a strange teaching. This Western area, uh, in short, all the prosperity preaching and everything came from here. All the, think about anything bad in gospel came from here. And Satan is wicked. Satan came to explore their. Their uh, freedom in Christ, amen. But that cause of time, let me move forward. Now, there's also the, the scripture that talks about um, your lamb, your, your word is a light unto my feet and a light unto my path. Right? It's still talking about how God gives his light, right? Which is by the word. So, there's a way God gives his light, which is the word, but God gives his light. His own light is different from Satan's light. So God gives it. I, but I'm not talking about how he gives it now. I'm just talking about his light. Right? So there is his light, which is strange from men. So the light of God, in the beginning, according to John, in the beginning, right? When God created Adam, the life God put inside him and what he was learning before he eats from the fruit is the light of God. Does that make sense? It was actually the beginning light that was shining upon him. Because the, the, the intent is that once Adam is created with the life inside him, he should still learn God's light. Right? Because that's how God can communicate to him. Which is to gain, give him everlasting life. So when God made him and he breathed into him, there was a light inside him, which was his life. Right? 
That was the light of God. So in him was life. Inside God, right, there's light inside him. And that light is the light of man. Now, but the way the scripture, let me, let me read it so that. So in him was life. And the light was the light of man. In him was life. And I know I don't know where they kept using was 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 was, right? Because there's a there's a, that they didn't make a mistake with that words. It, they, they're talking about a shift of movement of that light, really, right? In him was life, was in him was life, and the life was the light of men. So there's a movement of light, right, from him in himself. But there's also a movement of light inside men. Does that make sense? Now, there's a light. Now, the movement within God, that one, I'm not going to talk about it today because of time. I mean, because that's only focus. But I mean, just think about it. God, Christ. Christ is a, actually was a life in God. Or Christ is God, really, that came. Right? Jesus, not, not God is the world. Christ is the world. When he says a word, it was not, see the way he is as Jesus now. It's not the way he was in, when he was in the beginning. Does that make sense? Now, it now says that there's a light inside me, right, which was the light of men. So there's a light inside men, which is a worse life. What that means is that that life has shifted, has changed. It is no longer the primary life inside men because of the sin. So when Adam took the life of the tree of good and evil, he, he inherited another life. And that life has its own light, which began to teach men. That's, when men, that's what men shifted to. And that, that is now what is primarily the life of men. So, can I say that the life there before was? But God does not want it to be a worse life. He wants to restore it. Amen. Amen. Just, and the light shineth in that. Well, I'm going really why I came here. Ah, and it took me another 10 minutes to join here. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now, what I want to explain here is just this comprehension. Since I say, and light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. Means, when he said darkness comprehends it not. I'm not, I know the way we used to understand this scripture in the past is that, oh, when God light shine, darkness will go away. Now, but the scripture has used the word comprehend, which means it has to do with understanding. The light, which because light and knowledge are science, is a, that light is, is knowledge based. It's not... It's not just something that is boom, hey, up Nepal. No. <laughs> up PHCN. Power holding. It's power holding indeed. Now, because the whole power, they don't, they don't release it. <laughs> Amen. The light there, right, is knowledge. Now, when it said darkness comprehends it not, it means it's a different understanding. Because darkness is an understanding. What I'm talking about here is darkness. That light of darkness is an understanding. 
So, and that understanding can comprehend that understanding of God. Because this light that shone it from the beginning, this light is is above darkness. Is higher is 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 a love that passes knowledge. That's the scripture can use to explain it. Right? This light is a light of love which passes on knowledge. Right? And you now notice that they're not talking about the light of Christ that will allow us to comprehend with the saints what is the length, what is the depth, what is the breadth and height. So it's like the comprehension capability of God is removed by the reason of the light which we are using. So we can't comprehend God's light. So when the light is shining, darkness is strange to darkness. It's a different knowledge to the knowledge of darkness. So when darkness is shining, it's a light too. So when darkness shines, it's not it's not strange and it's not dark. The way we yeah. think darkness is you know, you know when we talk about darkness, we always think about those people in the, in the night that used to paint face. <laughs> no. Darkness is what men embrace every day. It's inside men, it's not outside. Amen. Amen. Ah I feel I feel that. God will help us. Amen. Time has gone and I, and I really need to wind up. But I think, I think I've tried in a way to explain. Sometimes I feel like I'm speaking like a broken record. But it's, it's, what, it's what I'm saying making sense to anybody at all. Yes, eh? yes, but is it strange? Because I feel, I feel maybe, maybe it's this journey, maybe it's not adding up. Maybe it's. it's, it's am, am I scattering around? Am I, am I dislodging? Am I, am I making us confused? <laughs> is, is the light I'm throwing a problem? <laughs> is it causing confusion? Amen. Amen. Yes. So there is. Huh. I guess in my story, I, I think I'll stop here because of time. And then on Tuesday, I'll try. But you know, sometimes when I say I will try, but the problem is that you go can come with another wind and there's something else. But I, I would really love, love to finish this. But I mean, I should, I should really. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I should really. To be honest, because what I'm really talking about, really, still about the transitioning from faith to faith of the soul. Yes, sir. Because when we are going to yeah. move to the faith of the sun, the first thing they treat yeah. is the eye, which is the light, the light of the, the body. Wow. And the reason why they are changing that, they want to fix the eye, right? The reason why they want to fix the eye is so that the proper light can begin to flow into the body. Amen. Amen. So God, God is, as we are praying, God was telling me that how they fi- really, how they fix the eye is actually with a light. So the way, the way healing comes to the eye is actually by bringing souls under a season of another kind of light. 
I will, I'm just, I'm, I think I'm showing us just the, the fullness of salvation, the way God saves. First, separate them. He doesn't care about the light yet. The first is just get them to be a company of his a, a people. Amen. Now, this will make sense if I go back to Romans 26. But this Corinthians, I don't think I, I didn't teach this Corinthians today. I think I taught it, but I taught it really. I taught it, but I didn't teach it. I don't know if that makes sense. Because uh, I'm teaching, because I didn't explain this verse 6 really fully. Because it's talking about light shining. Oh, maybe next time we'll talk about it, right? Because, like I was saying, that they bring a people under a season of another light. Because they're talking about a light shining out of darkness. Right? God commanded light to shine out of darkness. Now, they are saying it is shining out of darkness. Is there a light shining in darkness? And darkness complains they are, they are different. This light, right, shining out of darkness is actually God's light. That darkness is not bad darkness. He's talking about where that light is coming from. Now, that darkness is a dark place. You know, in, 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 and there's a scripture for that too. Say, take heed unto a light which shineth in darkness. Hmm? Until what? Until the day dawn. Right? And the day star arises in our heart. Now, say, take it. What will they tell you to take it to a light that shine in darkness? Right? And I know that the way we've understood that scripture, I don't know, maybe for you, but at least for me, is that when we are sinners, we are in darkness, God's light shine out of it. Right? By giving us Jesus and we are saved. But that's, this scripture is not really talking about that, if you look at it. Especially if you look at where this... See these guys? I'm not saying guys, I'm talking about these apostles. But they're not guys, they are... I just say guys, I just... But I mean... They are fellow brethren, but they are higher. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But when, see all, these, see all these guys, all these men, when they are writing, John, Peter, Paul, Jude, right? When all of these guys are writing, there's a sense they used to write. They are not, so when they are talking, when they are saying that, they are not just, I need to understand how men write. Right? But that I mean, when I say men, natural men, but not think about spiritual men. Now, if a natural man is writing, I might pen down or imagine a creative writer when they are writing, they, they in a way they work with spirit. There's an ability they have, it's spirit that gives it. You know, the way they play with words to describe things is a spiritual is a spiritual skill. It's not actually uh, you know you like that guy is a good writer. It's a spirit behind it. See the way you write to hide meaning. Make it revelatory to a soul. So the way the way they write and enjoy writing is not by writing plainly to men. A writer that enjoys writing don't write plainly. As they are writing they are thinking, even though they can be creative, you know, sometimes, you know, you know all those uh, mysterious books. I don't know if any people write, read mysteries. I, I don't think, I, there was one, there's one I read a long time ago, but I don't read books anymore, so, but, no, I mean, I read, can I take it and the rest, but I don't read, you know, all those fictional, but if I used to, there was a flying saucer I read that time. 
have you ever anybody heard of Flying Saucer? Oh, well, I read it, but anyway, it's a fictional book. But the way writers write is they, they, they need to be able to create an image. It's almost as if they transport themselves into another world and begin to write from there. See all those stories they write? They're actually in that world. When they are creating the storyline, creating everything, they are there. They also are a character. In, in a way, they are a god to what they are writing. The same way God is writing. You know, just imagine the way God is writing everybody's story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Give Jide, give Jide, give Jide uh, a family that will allow righteousness to be really, really embedded. Okay. Put Jide in a family that will allow. Our, okay. Right, okay. So when Jide is going to school, no, in the story, allow a brother to offend him so that he can learn how to forgive. Then on a day, Jide was going to school. Then by the roadside, there was a car, blue and shining, on the right side. Now, when the writer is writing that, and then the boy came out of the vehicle, and then looked at Jide and gave Jide a hot slap. <laughs> now, what I'm trying to explain is that. As the writer is thinking about that, they literally transport themselves to the scene of what they are writing to describe the images. Sometimes when they talk, they didn't just say, "You know, I was going to school and then the boy slapping." Even when you are reading it, it won't even sweet sound sweet sweet to you. As they are writing, they now begin to tell you the the color of the day, the the way the breeze was blowing, the feel of the day. Uh-huh. They can even tell you the smell. Maybe there was a bakery. And the smell of a hot bread from the nearest bakery, St. John's Bakery, was flowing from the side. No. When they do that, what are they trying to do? They're trying to literally take you into a world. They are are actually transporting you into a world. In a way, that's actually what the scripture is for. The scripture ought to transport you into a world. God's world. Where you begin to see things flow. How did I jump here? Jesus. So, I, okay, I, I, I was trying to explain what I was about to say. That's why I gave this, <laughs> this story. Yeah? Now, the way they were writing, they were in the world of the scripture. So there's a sense with which they are writing. It is only, and it's only because that gave them that sense. You mean, for you to access it, you must gain it. That's why you can't just take, li- like, there's the literal things written. Which is awesome. But you also need to get the sense with which they were writing. And it's also good to know what, what they were thinking. Right? Yeah. Now, these guys, these men, one thing you will find that is similar to all of them is that they have a priestly sight. And for them to have a priestly sight, that means they are well aware of what the tabernacle looks like. The arrangement the temple. You know, that that's actually what, that is what is in their, mostly, mostly in their side that they are writing. Now, this thing that they wrote, Shining of Darkness, is talking about the holy place. Because the light of Christ is a light of the holy place. Amen. Now, it is the light that shines in darkness. Because there's literally a light that shines in that holy place. 
The only place is a place of darkness. Dark, no light. Compared to the light outside. No, outside the holy place is the Levite in the court. And then outside the temple, outside the court, we have the Israelite. Right? In their camps. Then, there's no darkness there. The only darkness that comes is at night. But they have a light for that one. Sun and the moon. Sun the day, moon for the night. Right? So they have light, natural, let's say they have light there. But that light is not shining in darkness. Really, that light is not the true light that a soul should have. That light of the sun and the moon is a, is a terrible light because it is scorching and it scorches. It, is, it smites. But light of God ought not to hurt. So the sun smite. And I noticed in Revelation they began to tell us about the new heaven and the new earth. And that says the sun shall not smite them by day, nor the moon by night. So which means it's actually both the sun and the moon are smiting. You notice the moon does not seem harmless, but it's also smite. It beats. It is the blessing that added sorrow. Any, anything you get with that light adds sorrow. Always. However, there's a light that shines in darkness. That dark light is a light that shines in the holy place. That is the light of Christ. Then that's where you now have the menorah, which is the seven golden candlestick. And those things are lights for the holy place. Those lights shine in darkness. But that light can shine to a soul outside. And it's so funny because you have to tell you it's a mystery. Because there's a cover. You don't even see it shining. But there's a way it shines to a soul that is that is panting and beckoning for the kingdom. It is actually that light that will help a soul to enter into the kingdom. The soul is still not seeing that light yet. It is by faith. That is why a soul needs the training of faith before you can enter the kingdom. No God is wise. There's a way God has to train the soul. Imagine you are, you are walking with a light you are not seeing until you see it. Because once you move into the holy place, then you begin to say, ah, so that's the light that has been calling me. So these guys were writing with the site of the temple, the tabernacle. Then they began to talk about light shining in darkness. Amen. Amen. But I've not, I think I've, I've, I've tried enough, and I've, I've, meant, I've, I've explained this to a degree. Perhaps God will help us further. But those, there is the light of God shines, Right? And that light is very essential to the soul because it has to do with knowledge. Because that's how you can get a soul. If, if the light does not come in the form of knowledge, it can't impact the soul. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Are we blessed today? Let's just begin to thank God. Father, we thank you. I give you all the praise. Thank you for your mercy and your kindness. We should be that we're exalted. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you all the praise. Panimo Hosefenemo Shita Vanica Sita Dana. Emma Sita Venemo Shita Venemo Shita Kalia. Emzata, Emzata, Emzata Venemo Shita Venemo Shita. Emzaragata, Ebrade Venemo Shita. 
Can we get to pray for the light of God to begin to shine upon our heart? Because it says God has commanded light to shine out of darkness and shine in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That we'll be exposed to the face of Christ. Light will shine upon our heart. That the light of Christ will begin to shine upon our hearts. The calling of Christ upon our heart. Father, we thank you. Tanemoshita Varia. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Father, we thank you for today. We give you all the praise. Thank you for your light which you have commanded to shine. Even in our hearts this afternoon, we say we are exalted in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that you begin to even bring more sight for this light upon every heart in the mighty name of Jesus. That we won't just learn it. We begin to experience it begin to move into the giving of this light. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. For in Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. Yeah.